Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matthew. How are you, mate? I'm good. How are you, Scotty? Yeah, good, good. Unfortunately, we thought we'll do the podcast together last week to change the results on the field. No, but more of the same, unfortunately, when it came against Manly. Yeah, it was like watching a replay of a previous game. You start off with uh, no hope whatsoever. They give you a reason to uh, to believe in the impossible, or so it seems, and uh, they lose it towards the end. <laughs> I think you summed it up well, but we'll go into a little bit more detail a little bit later. We'll jump around what's been happening around the Baltimore, what's the, some Bulldogs news. Uh, Ogden, he got was a late withdrawal from last week's match because he uh, had a cheekbone injury. He had some surgery on it recently. He'll be out for the season, which is only the two matches remaining anyway. Uh, I thought he was having a pretty good year. Got the number eight jersey on him. He Yeah, he was doing well. Uh, so it's not good. Uh, Matt Dury, after he scored the try against the Seagulls, you could see he was struggling with a knee injury. It turns out he tore his PCL. He was, I think, he was out there for a couple of minutes after, before going down the sheds. Yeah, I and think then he was also... on the field for about five minutes actually. Yeah, so definitely fighting, trying to run it off. So a very tough, uh, tough attribute. However, he was then back on the bike, trying to prove his fitness to get back on the field. <laughs> his season is over as well. Yeah, that's a big blow, isn't it? Um, probably two of our most attacking players are the two. Rookies, Avrilo and Dury. Uh, so that's going to hurt the team going in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, the Westfield Highest Connection, they called it, when the try was scored there. Uh, Corey Waddell has signed a three-year deal with the Bulldogs starting next year. A Penrith junior, who got to know Trent Barrett there before following him to Manly, is now going to follow him to Belmore. Uh, he becomes the ninth second rower in the top grade squad for next season. Uh, eighth, was it? Eighth? Oh, is it? Eighth. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's rumours that we're after Jack Goeski, and I think that will make it nine. Um, so I don't know what the plan is. Uh, Corey Waddell's a good player, so good signing in that aspect. But at the same time, uh, we're going to run out a whole team of um, second rowers next year. Mm, the the, uh, the NRL nines has been cancelled for next year, unfortunately, because it looks, sounds like the Dogs would have had nine second rowers all on the field together. <laughs> well, they said they were pretty excited to bolster their back row uh, the back row, with, yeah. but that's eight players, and we're talking about the players, the likes of Josh Jackson, Raymond Fatal, Mariner, Adam Elliott. That's probably that's probably your starting second row there, or starting back row, I should say. There, then yeah. Matt Dury. Uh, you've got Joe Stimson, who's a Mel- ex Melbourne Storm yeah. player who Dean hasn't Britt. played much. Dean Britt, uh, Corey Waddell. Corey Waddell, like. Yeah. A lot of a lot of back rowers in the squad next year. There's going to be a lot of competition for the 11, 12, 13, and also interchange bench. Well, I, I wonder if last week was a bit of an indication that Jackson might shift to the middle of the field going forward. Uh, there is a bit of commentary around the game at the moment that in today's game with the changes to the rules and the way it's being played out, that um, that's that will be his better position going forward. Um, but still, which got is, Elliott. <laughs> which is fine, but that that's what I was going to bring up. That begs the question of what happens to Adam Elliott, because surely you couldn't have Elliott and Jackson both playing in the middle on the field at the same time. Mm, that'd be interesting. Well, you, to you wouldn't s- think anyway. Well, I have a very small f- up-front forward pack then if Elliott shifts forward or Jackson. Uh, this week is Women in League round. Uh, it's been, I don't think, it, as well publicised as it usually is. I don't know if it's a lot of the COVID-19, everything, you know, rounds... 
these big rounds have been pushed together a little bit, yeah, making well, them less special. Well, the problem is the reason these rounds are so special is because the community work that happens uh, in the lead-up and during the rounds um, taking place. But unfortunately, you can't do any community work at the moment. Mm. So staying in the bubble, yeah, uh, well said. But I thought we'd take the opportunity to thank every uh, lady woman who supports the game of rugby league in any way of what, even if it's just going to the games, watching it, taking the kids to the games, participating, playing, or working in the game. Without, yeah, without them, a lot of the NRL players wouldn't be where they are today. Uh, canteens won't run on the weekends in local communities. The mums. The ladies do a fantastic job, and I, I like this round. Personally, love this round. Uh, even if it's as simple as flicking on the TV and watching the game, we love all the ladies in the game. 100%. And I love the round too, but I dream of a world where we don't need to have this round going oh, forward in the future. Yeah. I reckon that needs to be the goal. Yeah, that, I 100% agree with the W, with the Women Rugby League, the, the, the four teams, when it starts to expand more, the competition starts to grow. This round, obviously not needed. Oh, well, there's more to it than just playing, obviously. The physios, coaches, oh, yeah, and all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the all the ones that you mentioned at the local footy parks and all that. But, um, yeah, hopefully we get to a stage where these people, male or female, are rightly given their accolades without the need of a special, special round for it. Well said. I'll jump on. There are some rumours speculating that Cronulla Sharks halfback Chad Townsend, despite signing a contract this year with Cronulla, is on his way to Belmore next year. Uh, the Premiership winner in 2016, a city representative, uh, coming to the Bulldogs. What's the thoughts? If it's... Oh, I wouldn't mind it at this stage. I, I can't really see him leaving Cronulla, though. Uh, I can't see Cronulla getting rid of him, to be honest. Uh, premiership winning halfback. I don't think he he can uh, take the dogs to a premiership, but I think he's a player, a stepping stone player. He get us uh, to the level higher than we are now before we then improve our squad again and step up a couple of levels. Well, but, people say what halves are out there resist. Chad Townsend, in my opinion, is better than any half we have in our side. So if that means he's coming to play halfback next year, then I, w- I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could say that about a lot of players in the game at the moment, can't you? Even players like Mason Lelaw, who can't really get a game with Newcastle. He's probably better than any half that we've got. Yeah, that's uh, pretty scary. <laughs> when you pretty say sad. Like that. Yeah, when you say it like that, it's sad. Uh, Josh Jackson. I know he's a favourite of yours. He's a favourite of many. He will raise the bat tomorrow night, or Thursday night, I should say, because we're not obviously live, with the uh, 200 NRL games for the Bulldogs becoming the 13th player. The club's been around since 1935. The 13th player, you have to be damn good to get a 200 NRL games for the Bulldogs, and that's Josh Jackson for you. Yeah, unbelievable effort, and the way he plays too. Um, he's lower than he's done yet, so he could be a 300 gamer for the club. He brought up the 250 club games earlier this year, and uh, he becomes the second player in the current squad to play 200 games. Aidan Tolman is the other. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. Last year, Aidan Tolman was the milestone man playing his, uh, with some the games, 200 Bulldogs games, 250 NRL games. Uh, now, Josh Jackson this year, with the club games like you mentioned already this year, and this game tomorrow night, we deserve... if. 
the effort's got to have to be there. Like, it has to be like you. This has to lift the Bulldogs. I'm not gonna say it's to a win, but this should make the performance a hell of a lot better. Yeah, but look, the thing is, the effort's always been there, hasn't it? You can't accuse the dogs of not having effort. I think maybe outside of one or two games this year, the effort's been there. It's, it's not like we've had a season like the Broncos where they're getting smacked by 40-odd points every second week. Um, the effort's always been there. I'm sure it will be again tomorrow night, but uh, tough competitors, tough opposition to come up against. And also, the man, the man you mentioned a little bit earlier, Aidan Tolman, congratulations to him equaling Steve Price on 2.22 tomorrow, club games for the club. Well, the NRL games for the Bulldogs. Equal of the great Stephen Price. There you go. You'll surpass Pricey if he doesn't get injured. Or yes. Willie. Or Willie. George Arnless is rotating the players in and out like uh, no one's business. So who knows well, what's going on? If he's departing at the end of the year, which we don't know yet either, confirmation just yet, you can't rest him in his last game, could you? <laughs> I don't know. Why is Nick Meany not playing this week? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, we haven't even got there yet. We'll get there later. Well, anyway, we're going to move on to the Bulldogs versus Manly game. Matthew, I think you mentioned it quite early. False hope, again, given to us. We got to an 8-0 lead. 10-0 lead, actually. 10-0 lead, yep, 10-0 lead. Looking good. Well, Manly were looking awful, actually. Manly were looking very awful. Some of Manly's attacking sets in that first 20 minutes look as bad as ours. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the interesting thing was the announcement, the official team sheet had Denny Levi starting at hooker. And then we've noticed that he jumped on the interchange bench. I like to see that nothing has been made of that at all. Yeah, normally <laughs> there's a fine for, for doing that, but perhaps uh, merely had notified the ground uh, official and the uh, the opposition. If they did that an hour before kickoff or if they got permission to do it before kickoff, uh, it's all above board. But yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, so you, like you said, we got to a 10-0 lead with uh, Matt Dury in the fifth minute scoring a try and then Nick Minnie getting a few penalty goals. Uh, since pretty much Denny Levi came on, Manly looked to run straighter. Run, uh, the attack looked... The attack looked straighter. The, um, all of a sudden, they had an offload. You can't credit uh, that uh, solely to Levi, but obviously he's putting his attacking runners in better positions to able to get that second phase play, and they just went straight from the middle of the dogs, and I think they scored, I think, three tries in about 15 minutes at one stage. Well, they got three tries and nine. There you go. Even, yeah. uh, even worse than, than I remembered. Thank you. Um, <laughs> there was actually but three yeah, tries he, in the second half in 15. There you go. Um, yeah. he, he, prob- he, he was the game winner, really. If yeah, there's well, no Denny Levi for Manly, perhaps it's uh, a much closer game. Well, one thing I noticed about Manly, and I think where Bulldogs were progressing really well, was I didn't see any line speed of Manly in the first 20, 25 minutes at all in the game. I was noticing Manly were not running out of the line a little bit, like the line speed was very poor in the defence. And I know you mentioned when Denny Levi came on the attack looked better. I reckon their defence looked so much better with uh, Denny Levi on the field as well. I don't know if he's the ringleader when it comes to line speed, calling the players out, like, you know what I mean? A hooker can do that work. But it looked like the defence got better, their attack got better for the moment he stood on the field. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so that's something that you don't really get to, I think a very underrated aspect of the defence, because the Bulldogs were marching up metres pretty easy early in the game, which becomes a disappointing part, was because we had so much opportunity to actually score points, but again, we look a bit clueless in the 
and the the other team's red zone, I guess you could call it. Yeah, well, it's ten nil, but we scored one try. Mm, it's it was all penalty kicks. It was penalty kicks against the rest of the points. So, yeah, we, we didn't really look like we we're going to score a lot of points. Um, no. And the first try, uh, yeah, sort of came out of the blue in some ways. So, I don't know. It wasn't a great, <laughs> great game. Uh I want to mention just two more things on this game before we jump into the players, uh, our play, uh, top two performing players and our points on our leaderboard. Yeah, we'll highlight a few others as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, the number one thing is we missed 38 tackles. And particularly that second half was atrocious. The only players not to miss a tackle, there was three players who didn't miss one. It was Jaden Ockenball on return, which again, a winger's... Again, Matt Dury, who only played like about the 10 minutes anyway, <laughs> going off with a knee injury, and Braden Wakeham, who didn't miss any tackles. By the top, missed tackles. Lachlan Lewis had five. Jake Avrilo had four. That was the first time Jake at least played in the defensive in the halves for a full game. Renoff Tormunga had four. Nick Minnie had four. But one of the concerns was Chris Smith didn't play many minutes. He had three. Uh, Dean Britt had two and little minutes. It was very concerning. Um, the one that concerned me was uh, Man- Manly's fullback, is it Funa? Yeah, Funa. Tavina yeah. Funa. Tavina Funa came straight through between Chris Smith and Renoff Tormunga with ease. So, missed tackles, in that, especially that second half, was appalling. Um, it was, yeah, that's all I can say about the missed tackles. But number two, the man of the match of the Seagulls, did you know who won the man of the match? No. Morgan Harper won the man of the match. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I did see that now. Now that you mentioned it, I remember that. Yeah, uh, two tries. Uh, I think he ran like 200 metres. No, just the one try. Yeah. One try? Yeah. 13 runs, 213 metres. 81 post-contact metres. The man we couldn't find a spot in top grade. And... You, you can argue and say it was just against us, but that's two great weeks in a row by Morgan Harper. He's really flourished and he's exciting Manly fans. Uh, four tackle breaks. Yeah, it's two line breaks. That, that's, mm. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. This is... It hurts when you let go of a talented player. It hurts even more when they perform so well against you. And we had the chances this year to put him in. He only played one game with us this year off the interchange bench. Yeah. And uh, you look at the centers that we have, you know, it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Anyway, the other, the other thing from that game, I've just remembered this. What the heck was the plan with Brandon Wakeham on the bench? Yeah. Was there a plan? Was there no plan? Was it just like if someone plays shit, um, he's going to jump on for him? Because it looked like yeah. he only got thrown on right at the end at dummy half because. Um, Marshall King was a little bit tired, but the game was over and uh, he was fresh. Mm. I, I agree. Like It just looks like it's just whatever happens in the game. If, you know, yeah. if someone's playing poorly, we can hook them. Uh, if there's an injury in the halves, which is, again, very defensive way of thinking about it. But someone like that, I actually would prefer, if you're going to actually have someone like that on the change bench, would be a Jack Hogger. He comes on with a little bit more speed. He's covered Hooker pretty nicely this year. And the one opportunity, so I don't know what the idea behind it is either. It feels like George Arlis is doing a rotation policy of the Australian cricket team from five years ago, or however long ago that was. 
Um, oh, good one. But look, I think at one point in the second half, there was, uh, I remember turning to yourself and uh, a few others around us and said, I think there was about 15 minutes left on the clock and we had 16 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember. And we had Brennan Wakeham on the bench, fresh ads. I turned to you guys and said, just throw him on in the halves, give him a free license, uh, do some chip chip over the tops, get in behind him, uh, get out of uh, get around the ruck with some speed, see what we can do because we need points quicker than um, that we can score them for one, but quicker than what was left on the clock. But no, like if ever there was an opportunity to do that with a young half, there was your chance. But mm. still, I think he only came on with about eight to go or seven to go or something. It was just not, like I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I agree. That's a good. Yeah, I do remember you saying that, and I actually said I agree. Like you know, you got a young half, fresh legs. Halves can cause a bit of damage anyway in the best of times when they're in open space if they chase. Imagine a half who's fresh with everyone else who's got fatigue in them. Sorry, I do agree. Um, but he's you just watch sometimes you, when you sit there, you just watch the interchange bench, the movement, and you can see a player getting up and you know pick up a football or running up and down the sideline grabbing the interchange card. He's sat there. The whole time, yeah. And then when he was put in, like, because he looked like he had no idea. And then when he was put on, he basically quickly took his jacket off and then started doing a quick run with the interchange bench card, like knowing that he had no idea he was about to go on about yeah. thirty seconds before he, like, you know. So yeah. Bizarre. Bizarre. Mm. Anyway, uh, let's highlight some players from the week. I'll, I'll highlight two that give my points because my third highlighted player, I think, might appear in your points. So. <laughs> Fair enough. So let's jump into it. Uh, Remus Smith gets a, a bit of a mention for 161 meters off 12 runs uh, in the center from center. That's a pretty good effort. Uh, a lot of people calling for Remus Smith to be put back on the wing. I believe that's his better position as well. But that's a, it's a really good effort. Uh, Hopawadi again. Uh, we don't know how he does it. 19 runs, 190 meters. Uh, fullback just short of the 200 meters and uh, averaging. Plenty- 10 runs, and, uh, sorry, 10 metres a run, which is terrific. Uh, plenty of asking him to go on the sentence as well. Well, him to <laughs> replace Remus and Remus to the wing. There you go. Okay, and then I'll go into my points. I gave one point to Josh Jackson, 70 minutes straight in the middle of the field, 18 runs for 157 metres. That's uh, 71 post-contact metres in there and 32 tackles. For a player that's used to playing on the edge, that is an incredible effort. Okay, uh, and number yep. two, I was <laughs> no, expecting no. you to chime in there. Sorry, second. sorry. I was actually looking at his stats when you were reading it. I was reading it almost with you in my head. But yeah, I was going to highlight Josh Jackson, but you've already done that. So Yeah, and I've given uh, the two points. So my player of the match went to Jake Avrillo. Um, he played 80 minutes at 5 8, uh, a line break assist, a uh, forced dropout, two tries assist, two tackle breaks. And um, I remember the talk during the game between us was that. Um, he looked like the only player, like every time he got the ball, he looked like he was troubling manly. Mm, yep, agreed. Um, he was definitely a threat, uh, whether it's a half chance or a complete chance or a full chance. Um, yeah, he looked like he was worrying the opposition. Yeah, I agree. I want to highlight a player because you highlighted my other players in a highlight, that, and then I'll jump into my points. I'm going to go with Raymond Fatale and Mariner. I think he's a, in a, a really good purple patch in his career. I feel like he deserves to be in almost a better side at the moment with uh, what's producing. He's 131 metres, 74 post-contact metres in the weekend, two tackle breaks. Uh, he gets through a amount of work. One thing I like about him is he 
when he runs close to the line or anywhere, it doesn't have to be close to the line for anyone to be worried that he's got the ball. He seemed since he's been back in the second row, he actually credits a lot of his uh, performances this year to Dean Pay. He said, "Simple fly it, you're big, run straight, run hard," and he's given credit to Dean Pay, even that's in the middle of the field or on the edge. You're big enough to cause damage. I actually think he's in that good of a form that he didn't really get the, I think, a credit he deserves in this game because it wasn't his overly greatest game, but it was still a good game. So he's in some good form. Uh, I'm going to give my one point to an interchange prop again, Sawaso Su. For some reason, every time he comes on the field, he runs hard. He's not the biggest man. He runs hard. He did 13 runs for 115 metres, 45 post-contact metres, a tackle break, 22 tackles in 55 yeah, you, you minutes. Know. You, uh, he's pretty consistent, eh? You know yeah. what you're going to get. And that's what I like about Suasa Sue. I think he's the perfect bench prop. Just come on, cause a bit of havoc. I'm going to give my two points to a guy you've already mentioned, Jake Arillo. I was happy that he got shifted to the halves. Um, part of me was a little bit worried. Very young man in the half, but two try assists. Beautiful. Yeah, what more could you ask for? Yeah. Uh, that means Avarillo gets a bonus point in the overall player standings for our uh, player of the season. Um, but we won't go through that list now. We'll keep that under wraps until uh, until it's well for, <laughs> for two more weeks, I suppose. Hey, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> more game. Of, I was, was going to say till the end of the season. Uh, it's not. Too far away for the blue and whites. Yeah, we will have to have a little award night. <laughs> As I wipe away a tear. <laughs> well, what I was actually talking about with someone earlier before we jump into our next thing is that because of no reserve grade, we've got nothing, <laughs> even like we could say, at least we managed those cup finals. We won't the be, Jersey we won't be able nothing. to say that next year either. Yes, I know. So it's taking our chances now. But anyway, like it's just like we didn't make reserve grade. There's no reserve grade on TV. So it's not like last year, at least we had that, you know, really get behind it. We missed out get... on the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership as well. Yeah. In so the New South Wales State League. So pretty poor. COVID's wiped us out for our, our reserve grade to have a chance of winning the grand final. I really get behind it. I get as nervous as I do watching an NRL game when they play finals. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it comes as no surprise that we support the entire club. Uh, yeah. And I, I tell you what... Um, when you actually watch a reserve grade game, I don't think the build-up's the same, but once the game's kicked off, uh, especially when it gets to the finals, um, for those 80 minutes, it feels the same. You're supporting your club through, through the game. So. Yeah. Especially towards the end of the season. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, I agree. When I was at the grand final a couple of years ago, watching Bulldogs Newtown, and they, the win at the end, very when Newtown started off really well, you always forget you're at Leichhardt. The atmosphere was unreal, and like 8,000 people. You forget you're at Leichhardt. You just get so drawn away in the game. The game is one of the best games I've actually been to with everything in it. Like So there you go, yeah. There you go. Kudos to the uh, LSWRL. All right, on to the next segment, Scotty. So up next, we versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. It gets from hard to even harder, from bad to worse. <laughs> From hard to harder. Okay. I don't know. It's from hard to almost impossible. See what Souths are a, a lot better team than us. That goes without saying. But they're starting to peak in some form too. Some of their players are really coming. It's very much a Wayne Bennett team, isn't it? Um, 
peaking at the right time of the season. So, um, yeah, this could be a, a bloodbath, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that's what, like, there you go. I'll go from hard to impossible or, or like, near impossible to pull up a win. Yeah. I will be there, though. So, <laughs> yeah. Share it on the boys. Yeah. Uh, to probably a level loss. Uh, the big talking point out of this one, Scotty, is that uh, Nick Meany has been dropped to the reserves list. Uh, again, I've mentioned it earlier. It feels like a, a, some sort of rotation policy is in place at the moment. I don't know if this is because George Charles doesn't have a job next year. It's like you get. It's like an opera, uh, Oprah show, isn't it? You get a run. You get a run. You get a run. Um, yeah, I, I'm at a loss to to explain what he's trying to do. If he's trying to do anything, mm, yeah. Uh, Luke Thompson also comes back, and he was for the first time start at prop, uh, overcoming his calf injury. Uh, you look at the sides, and you just pull up South next to it, and you look when you're looking at the NRL lab, you go, "Oh, geez, 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 geez." However, South Sydney might be without Cody Walker. There's a bit of a question mark over injury, but I don't think it changes the results too much. Uh, no, it doesn't, unfortunately. So that was one of the most negative. Previous to the game, I think we've had all year. I mean, yeah, it so, could uh, get worse next next so week. Well, basically, what we're saying is, come out, watch the game, uh, and watch us get beat. Uh, maybe Jackson's <laughs> 100. Oh, absolutely. Got a, it is an away game, but uh, members had uh, got the invite earlier this week because of the South City Rabbitohs shared home ground. Uh, so, yeah, celebrate uh, Josh Jackson's 200. And um, women in league. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, Scotty, uh, who we got for Old Dog? Let's just keep rolling. Keep rolling. Uh, we've got former Bulldog and South Sydney Rabbitoh player Roy Azatazi. Uh, big he was Roy. one of my favourites in the early 2000s. Oh, it was, it was everyone's favourite. I was uh, remembering, I think, almost crying almost when he left, found out he went to Souths. He played in a very successful uh, time period for the Dogs, eh? 2002 to 2006. Um, Included the premiership in there as well. Uh, 63% winning rate with the club. Uh, represented New Zealand and Samoa internationally. And then was uh, headhunted by South City to become their captain. And uh, I think South really built their, their squad around Roy Azatazi and uh, turned themselves into a powerhouse. Mm, yeah, they. he was the... I think people forget this. And I think people take like the Burgess brothers. But he was the first person to really sign with Rabbitohs like marquee, like real marquee, what actually started wanting players to join him. He's the, signing, tri- he's the signing that we need now. Mm. A player that's going to bring other players to the club. Yeah, because they tried it with Brian Fletcher earlier. That did not work very well, <laughs> overly well, unfortunately for them. They were trying to get like a, a Roosters great, well, I guess. They, they got Fletcher at the end of his career, though, didn't they, really? Oh. Oh yeah, of course. He like, was almost he's... he was there to retire. If you're looking back and being honest, when Roy Azatazi prime, prime yeah. part of his career. Yeah, and so they got him. They said, "Let's bring recruit other players over because of him," and it actually worked. People wanted to play with Souths, play for Souths, because Roy Azatazi was there. Roy Azatazi brought someone. Someone came on and just kept going on like a snowball effect. And like you said, we need someone that players want to come play with. And like you know, play under at the same time as well. Like Russell Crowe was the uh, big South Sydney person that enticed Roy Azatazi across to the club. So there's the person you want to. I mean, no, he wasn't the coach, but you know, to play with such a like a Hollywood actor, 
being like the owner, very hot, like a very super, like movie type style team. They kind of look from like you know they're like the glamour club now, with Russell Crowe being there. A lot of publicity, pretty exciting. Then you know players followed from that. Maybe is Chad Townsend the guy to start bringing people across? No, I, I, no offense to Chad, I don't think he's the the type of player that would uh, attract the other type of players that we need at the moment. Well, I was trying to bring some positive to the show, but then you put Matthew to punch it straight back out of it. Nah, look, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird one, because as Bulldogs, we have grown up with this culture or this history of not signing big name players. We don't go out and sign big name players. Like, when was the last time we signed a big name player? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I... Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, like, would... like, the biggest names that we've ever signed would have to be, like, Broken Morley or Michael Ellis. Even Mark, yeah, Mark Lennis was still a non-origin player, just a regular top grader at the yeah, time. So. so, like, we don't really go outside big lay players. So whenever we get linked to a big lay player, there's always a lot of, uh, or amongst the Bulldogs community, a lot of people saying, oh, no, he wouldn't fit in at our club, or, uh, no, that, that's not good for us. And I'm talking about players like uh, Latrell Mitchell or Josh Adokar, but those are the type of players that attract other players. Mm. And uh, we're not the type of club that does that, so... Uh, for us to get back up to the top, it might be a bit more of a slow a slow build. Which is what everyone wants to hear right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's disappointing. The other thing is, like, in my opinion on Trent Barrett next year and what, what he's got to do is the complete opposite, right? Like, the Dogs have had three years of miserable results. This year, none worse than this year. We're sick of waiting. Barrett needs results. Mm. So <laughs> that's a bit contradicting. So I, I don't know, but hopefully... Barrett's got a, a lovely way to turn things around. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, someone like Roy Azatazi, who's our old dog this week, uh, could would have been nice to have that type of player. Imagine if he did the opposite way, played the 80 games on for South and then came to the Bulldogs. Just like right now would be nice. Uh, terrific player. Like you said, one of the favourites. Uh, always go back to watch the 2004 season highlights, watching Andy Raymond going hard to stop, impossible to stop. For Real Satazi. Well, just, uh, just a thought just came to me now. West Tigers just signed uh, James Taubau from the Penrith Panthers. Yep. So that, that's a similar type of signing. Players will now go to the West Tigers to play with James Taubau, especially uh, after Taubau went from the Cowboys to the Panthers. And look where the Panthers were before he was there and where they are now. Um, that's, a type of, a... that's a type of pro- front row forward that uh, could attract other players to your club. He was an underrating signing too because he doesn't get the credit he deserves at Penrith success. Always constantly churning out meters, very consistent front rower. He's yeah, done I, it I all. actually reckon he's the leader of the forward pack. So be interesting to see how Penrith do next year now. Interesting, yeah. So anyway, that's someone not like, related. Yeah, <laughs> so someone like that you're saying. But yeah, Roy Azatazi, yeah. we'll go back to Roy. It's his old dog, not uh, a Chad Townsend, can he do it, or James Townmouth <laughs> do it. Uh Terrific player. I actually still remember a game where we're gone and out before he was leaving us in 2006. It was the delayed game on Channel 9. Things just happened around Roy, like a big hard run, big tackles, uh, busting the gaps. Uh, I actually thought he scored more tries for us than he did. So I just, for some reason, can remember just a few times where he's crossed the line. Uh, A New Zealand international. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. Eight tries for the club and the Bulldogs. I, for some reason, think that was quite low. I mean, 
eight tries and 84 games for a front row was fantastic, especially a lot of them being off the interchange bench. I just remembered for some reason I thought it would be much higher because he, a lot of things happened around him and he was someone to help with the attack. And like, fate, like look at the Bulldogs in that era, having Marco Mealy come off and have Roy Azatazi come on. Like, geez, where's the rest for the opposition, eh? Yeah, out of the change. Aaron the change bench in the early 2000s was incredible. Mm. Where's the rest for the other team? The poor other team, opposition team, get Marco Mealy off the crazy ogre and then bring on the more a quieter player, but someone who causes much damage but did it a lot more quieter in Royals Atazi. I think he's a terrific player. Went on to play in the Super League after he finished at Souths. He won a premiership. Uh, he's our old dog this week. Yeah, I'm not afraid to call him a Bulldogs legend. I think that's a fair comment. I think that's a good note to leave the podcast on. So, uh, Scotty, you want to run through the socials? Yeah, so get us on Twitter at NRL Bulldogs Fans, uh, on Instagram as well at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Also, guys, we've got a Facebook page, brand new. Hasn't We haven't actually even tweeted about it. Just NRL Bulldogs Fans podcast. Message us there. Like us. Uh, comment on our posts over there and also at gmail nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com to flick us an email. 